Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to a very special, extra special, as special as you're going to get really, uh, podcast for you this week. And the reason why it is so special is we not just have everybody around the table who are laughing because this is the first time we've ever done it like this. This is Amera. He's actually here as well in the UK. Say hello, Mira. Hello, Mira. So I kind of went off piece a little bit there because I just had to get that in because we do have everybody around the table. So I'm going to officially do this properly. To my left, we have the first lady of the Jedi Council podcast, Miss Mira Ranger. Say hello again, Mira. Hello again, Mira. <laughs> <laughs> you got it right as well. Brilliant. And to my 10 o'clock uh, for the first time <laughs> on a recording is Mr. Al- Mr. Contrary himself, Alistair Clark. Say hello, Ali. Hello, Dave. Hello, Andy. <laughs> hello, Mera. Hello, Alex. Oh, oh so Andy. Oh. Well done. <clears throat> no, I, I quite like that. Um, and, and to my two o'clock uh, is Mr. Lego himself, Andy. Say hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. Oh, see, short and sweet. That's what we like. That's what we need. And special so, enough. It is very special. <laughs> <laughs> to my right, we do have the my good buddy and brother in the full Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. <laughs> I might have to turn that down in a uh, in post. Uh, there's a nice little spike in the sound on the. Uh... Normally we can just mute him at this point. <laughs> uh, exactly. He just doesn't know. <laughs> and and I actually forgot to introduce myself. I of course I'm Alex, your host uh, of the Jedi Council podcast, and it is great, a for you all to join us on a momentous occasion. Everybody being around the table. Uh, that's number one. But also we're going to be talking about the 20th anniversary birthday of the Phantom Menace. Um, before we jump into the main topic of our conversation today, I just want to say welcome to you all. You know, Andy, Dave from coming down from up north, Mera from schlepping 5,000 miles away from the US, and you from coming south of the river. Um, hey, it's <laughs> 10 minutes on the train. Yeah, 10 minutes on the train. Um, so out of all of us, Mr. Contrary himself does have the shortest commute into London, yeah. where we are meeting today. Uh, and it is absolutely great for you guys to kind of be here. and. It's weird seeing you all around this table. Normally we do this via Skype, so it's very strange for, for me. I'm sure it is for everyone. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's weird to see everyone and we're all, yeah, I can't, I can't get used to it. But we've all been doing really interesting things as well today. Andy and I, football fans, watched yes. the team actually win a match, which Soccer never ever happens. For those of you in the US. Yeah. yeah. And you've been touristy things, haven't you, Mara? Today, yes. I saw the palace. Uh, fair and enough. You were doing some touristy stuff as well, Dave. Well, would Mara? Yeah. 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 And, and the family. Yes. All over London. <laughs> Literally, I think Andy's walked about 95 miles. Yeah, it feels like it, yeah. I thought, um, should I get the tube or should I walk? Now we'll walk, big mistake. Hailstorms all over, it was like... Yeah, Lomer. London's a big city, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, I always feel, I live in a big city, Birmingham, for those who don't know, um, and I always forget that it could probably fit into London about four times. And yeah, <laughs> you, you just look at the map and you think, ah, it's only going to take about 10 minutes. And it was like an hour and 10 minutes. But yeah. it's, it's so big that Andy was hit by hailstones, but we saw one small shower. Yeah, that was weird, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was really weird, actually. We, we were sheltering by um, St Paul's, and it was the, pa- the pavement was flooding. No. It was that heavy. Uh, people were standing underneath some cover, and the water was literally flooding onto the path. And I texted you, and you were like, nice blue sky, yeah? yeah. <laughs> wow. me, wow. me and Ali were sitting in the pub drinking beer. Yeah. Um, there you go. It's a brilliant first tangent, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, we've been going for about 113 seconds. Well done. Um, <laughs> and we're going off piece already. Well, that's what we do best, right? We, we never stay to a script, mainly because there isn't one. Yep. Uh, which always helps. <laughs> <laughs> but it does allow the conversation to be completely flexible. Uh, and allow us to uh, jump into anything that we kind of really want to, really. Um, so, 
for those of you that have joined us over the past couple of weeks, you'll know that we dissected the the, the Rise of Skywalker trailer two podcasts ago, and a minute and a half trailer, two minutes, took us an hour and a half to, to kind of dissect. Um, we are going to talk about The Phantom Menace today, uh, a three-hour film, and we're hoping to get this into an hour, hour and a half-ish of everything and anything Phantom Menace related. say this at the start of I every podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> same old, same old. <laughs> well, I like, I've been right maybe once. Have you? Yeah. Not when me and Dave have been on. No, we, 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 did, we did a microcast after we come out of the Han Solo that's film. True, and that true. lasted 20 minutes. That's true. It's supposed to last five. Um, <laughs> there was the time when you had a flood at home as well, and that meant that our podcast was actually on time because you had to break the podcast down. Yeah, my bathroom went bust, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that was maybe an hour and five minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we we'll clearly have fun, uh, which is a good thing. Um, but of course, Phantom Menace, 20 years old. Um, quick tale of the tape, it was released in, I think the premiere was May the 16th, 1999, uh, released in the US, May the 19th, 1999, followed shortly by the UK, uh, and globally after that, it made a billion dollars globally, yeah. which at the time, <clears throat> obviously this has been spanning over that 20 year period, so therefore there's been multiple releases and mm-hmm. stuff, but for uh, this film, the first Star Wars film to be released in, at that point in time anyway, what, 15 years? Mm-hmm. You know, Return of the Jedi finished, was, was released in 1983. We didn't get another film until 1999. 16 years, there you go, that's my maths, hopefully, I think. Um, yet, we're now moaning, again, another divergent where I'm going to go here, but we're now moaning that our next Star Wars film isn't going to be for another three years. Um, we know Disney did that release recently of the next Star Wars film was in 2022, followed by the second one after that, 2024, 2026, mm. interspersed with some Avatar and, of course, some Marvel but waiting three years for our next Star Wars film, considering we've had one every year, or one in six months when you think of The Last Jedi to, to Solo, that's quite a long wait. Um, I know it's not as long as 16 years, mm. but I think we, we kind of are all kind of looking at each other thinking, you know, three years, that's a long time to wait. But that's I, what we yeah. did initially. But, but if Absolutely. you think, but if you yeah. think during yeah. that time, they're putting out a Marvel film every four months. Yeah. yeah. That's the real problem. A successful that's the question. Marvel film. Exactly. You know, Dave often makes the point about great storytelling and great narrative, and we've gone over it a thousand times, but, you know, it's been lacking somewhat in the new sequel series. Yeah, it seems that Disney have retained faith for me in Marvel, mm. in the brand, in the cinematic universe, and they've chosen to diversify the Star Wars portfolio across many, many areas. And, you know, I understand with Galaxy's Edge, you've got some attention there, you've got lots of Disney Plus, because Star Wars will make people buy the service. In a mm. way, perhaps Marvel wouldn't, because of the type of fan involved. I think that's fair. If they've obviously yeah. run the numbers. But at the end of the day, I think you cannot see this in anything other than Disney don't have the confidence in the Star Wars films that they used to have when they bought the franchise. I don't think they do. I think they've seen that internally, this is a fan base that can rip itself apart. And and it can literally boycott good quality films, like Solo, which hurts itself. And now it means that we are faced with a trilogy by we don't know who. There's been a lot of problems with Game of Thrones this series. People are not liking it as much as they did previously. So people are saying, are they the right people to do it? Is Johnson going to do it? Because it's one or the other. Johnson is not going to wait 10 years to do another trilogy. So whose is it? What is happening? We still don't know. And there are, there's lots of noises, isn't there, that, that Ryan Johnson's next trilogy has been kind of cancelled and yeah. nobody knows what the plan is because all, all Disney have done is effectively announced 
three, the next three Star Wars films. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't said it's the same trilogy. They haven't said who it's by. No. They've not even said when in the time period that it's going to be made. We know it's not going to be a continuation, though, don't we? That, they've said that this, this new film, The Rise of Skywalker, is going to be the end of that arc. We know that. Exactly. That's the only that's, thing. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We, might, you, we might see a solo sequel. Fingers crossed. Well, you, could, you could see Finn go out and have a trilogy mm. by himself. That wouldn't be a Skywalker story. True. You could even get an even. adaptation of Poe Dameron's comic mm. series. You know, yeah. There was a whole 25 series comic book about does Poe it, Does it not need to be another trilogy of the main target, though? Well, as I, opposed to every yeah. three years for a solo film? Well, I think they've realised that that's the way to generate money is yeah. in the form of story trilogies. Arc. Story yeah. arcs, exactly. Yeah. Even, if, even if you think about Clone Wars, That's the some of the most successful yeah. episodes yeah. were done in arcs. Star Wars is trilogy based, mm. you know. Yeah. When George Lucas set out, we had the original trilogy. He then came back with the prequel trilogy, which. But not deliberately. Well, <laughs> if you ask him back in 1976, he probably said, no, I, I just want to do one film. Exactly. Yeah. But ultimately. Well, if that was the case, because you had Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was the sequel. To, to Star Wars, yeah, yeah, it was. well, it was it was official. It was classed as a Star uh, a Sky Skywalker story, it, and then got completely retconned two years yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thankfully, it's a bit of a random story, but we'll get into that. Phantom Menace. <laughs> 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 I was trying to circle yeah. back to the prequel trilogy, but um, no. But then obviously we did have the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, starting off with the Phantom Menace, and as a as an 18-year-old Star Wars fan in 1999, seeing seeing the new Phantom Menace trailer in kind of like 1998. Um, Got a question for you on that. I'll come back to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to avoid that. Um, but the thing that stood out for me first was the poster. Now, cast your mind back to yeah. when it was released, you had this boy, who we now know as Anakin, mm-hmm. and in the shadow was Darth Vader. Now... Yes, I remember that. That was fantastic. Absolutely. It was a dope wall. Yeah, it was was kind of iconic. It was on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. You could see the shape of the building to your point, Dave, and then you just saw the Darth Vader. And at that point, I saw this, I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah, Yeah, Star Wars is back. And considering this was the end of the dark times, as we like to call it, where we had no movies, we had no Clone Wars, we had no TV shows, we had a few Marvel comics and a few novels. But other than that... The what movies? And the Droids TV show. Yes. Let's we forget got, the holiday I've, special. I've got the Droids TV show on disc. It's fantastic. I thought you were going to say VHS there. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 on disc. It, and, and, I mean, that's it. We, we didn't have anything. And then all of a sudden, we had this poster uh, of Anakin and Vader. And for me, that just set the tone. And, and Mary, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head with goosebumps. I mean, what had, that is, literally, is that how you felt the first time you saw it? Yes. Yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, well, there's Darth Vader as a boy. I, I, I knew it immediately. Yeah. It was I, just like, where are we going to help? How are they going to tell the story? Absolutely. And, you know, and you were what, five? Well, this is why I, I, would, <laughs> I would take a different point of view and, and put it in context. That's this, like is, you. this is the time before YouTube. <laughs> when you were five? I was going to say, yeah, it was before this, social this media. Is, this is before yeah, social yeah. media. So yes. we're in a completely different world of, of hype. Yeah. So yeah. to be honest, I, I was 15. I wouldn't have noticed that, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have noticed the poster because it wasn't as accessible as it would be now straight away and then I was which would also bring me to my question. Do you know <laughs> do you know, do you know no, no this was as a film 
the first uh, trailer, which was hugely downloaded on QuickTime and RealPlayer, it was the first film that actually did this because yeah. it was 1999. People obviously had got used to Windows. There were so how many times do you think it was downloaded, which was the record at the point in the day? In the day. Oh, are we having round table guesses? Have a guess. Andy, you can go first as your history is left. <laughs> 300 million. Do you remember there wasn't broadband at this point? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know. It's like, I don't know if you give the answer, but it was like... By a lot, it's very much different to what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 30. No, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, actually, that's... Is this, is this in, in the first 24 hours of release or in total? It's roughly 24 hours. I okay. stroke a little bit longer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll go for a tenth of my original guess and say, no, 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 my maths is wrong. One percent, three million. Dave, different time, 1999. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm going to say 500,000. No, 500. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say 500,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mara? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think it was a million. Mm. Um, it was three and a half million. And really? Wow. Which is why I wanted really oh, to no. bring. I wanted to bring this up early doors what do because it shows you win my eternal thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, because it, it shows a really important thing that people have been missing Star Wars that much yeah. that, that it was hard to access mm. really. And people were for the first time using the internet mm. to find out more. And that was a trailer which people would download. And mm. you know, I, I myself actually remember because it was at the time of um, Napster and things like that. You had that. to download. You had to download. Yeah, yeah. 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 I downloaded yeah. this film when I was at university, like yeah. in 2002, because that was it was like the new thing. Everything was changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why you got to put it in context of the hype was Ooh. so huge that everyone was trying to find it. Yeah. So whilst I didn't have the sort of um, recollection of posts and stuff, I do remember like seeing a trailer before another film and being, whoa, yeah. this is an event. It, it wasn't a film, it was an event. It was. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But it was coming back. Yeah. 16 years after nothing on the big screen. Yeah, well, it was 16 have. years for like certain age group, but for, oh, for, oh. My, but for my age group, it was the first that's ever. the first one. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. That's the first I'm one. That's where it, but you, because, but, <laughs> but you've seen the other ones, but yeah. this is your first experience of it. Yeah, and, and it's funny, as, as a kid, I was born in 1981, so I was kind of born in the middle of the Star Wars saga, yeah. but I wasn't old enough to go to the cinema yeah. to see it. I know, you know, Dave and Mary, you guys have kind of told us before about, you know, you went to the cinema yeah. in 1977, you've seen the film. For me, the first movie that I saw was Phantom Menace. Well, there was a 97 film well, as well. They re-released it. But you'd seen it already on VHS. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't the same thing. But officially the cinema, right? Exactly. This is, yeah. this is the first actual sort the first of new, accessible. new Star Wars yeah. in the cinema, big yeah. screen. Exactly. And this was the first one. So while I was a big fan as a kid and, and continued to be, yeah. I was this, this was brand new for me as well. So it's weird because I kind of sit in the middle. Yeah, you know, I was born in 1981, so I, I kind of remember some of the hype. And like, like I've mentioned this before, where I got the toys from my sister. Right. Yeah. As a kid, you know, Millennium yeah. Falcon, the original trilogies, really should have kept them. But anyway, um, to now coming to the point where this is a brand new Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. And it was just mind blowing for me. Um, and I, I can vividly remember the, seeing the poster in the cinema. To your point, Ali, where. I, I, I can't remember, I'm probably going to see a turtle film or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've seen this poster of The Phantom Menace and there was so much hype yeah, um, exactly. around it, around what was coming and what the potential story would be. 
Um, you know, Andy, when was the first time you kind of had the Phantom Menace on your radar, as it were? Well, it was when it was all obviously announced. I saw all the hype and everything, but I was so excited to go and see it at the cinema. I'd seen the original trilogy, watched them at home with my dad a couple of times. He used to rave about Star Wars, still does. And then obviously it was it was all in the news or whatever that there's a new trilogy coming out. There's a new film. I remember, I do remember vividly remember the the Anakin and the, with the Vader shadow. The main, I can't remember when I saw it. It might have even been after the film, but it sticks in my memory as soon as you said it. Um, and I, I remember going to the cinema and just being absolutely blown away. And that was that's when it whole the whole thing elevated for me. Then it was just like oh you know I was I was eleven. And I thought at the same time, it's, it's yeah, wow, this is, all of a sudden, this isn't just a film, this is like, it, it was the next level, if you know what I mean. I, I came out of the cinema, I was like, oh my God, that is so good. I think I think we went twice, actually, I think, we, I think I went again a couple of days after, if I remember right, possibly, maybe a few days. But yeah, just remember we've been absolutely blown away by it. Yeah, and <clears throat> I, I didn't do the midnight showings back then. No, no. I think they probably were there, but we were too yeah, young, you yeah, know, way too yeah. even think about. True, but that's true. but that's also we're talking in '99 again in context yeah. where the idea of let's just say geekdom, for lack of a better word, as you would say, was so not cool. No, it wasn't. It was not cool yeah. at all. Like Marvel was this way girl. before then, and yeah. so yeah. and so this was like a, such a huge big event as well because it was people coming together in love with something that they've kind of perhaps haven't talked about openly mm. other than, you know, if your friend came round and you watched it on a VHS between two or three of you. Because, you know, certainly that's what I would have done as a kid. I'd have got the VHSs out and three or four of us would say it and you wouldn't mention it at school. And it's also weird because like, from a cinematic perspective as well, you wouldn't pre-book your tickets the way you do now. No. no. You'd, turn be, you'd turn up, you'd wait in line. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on who's there, you'd wait even longer or, or yeah. you know, if you're the first one in line, you get the best seat because that's what you yeah. That's the way it was. You yeah. didn't get the opportunity to pre-book and know, right, I'm going to go and watch the double header of Infinity yeah. War at 8.20, yeah. uh, 11.38, I'm then going to go in and watch Endgame. You know, that, or, that, that didn't exist back then. No. Um, and I, I, again, I probably thought I was too cool to kind of sleep out overnight just to get an early yeah, seat. Definitely. These yeah. days I'd do it happily. Yeah. But yeah. I think back then, again, you know, I was, I was a teenager, it was very different, but, you know, Dave kind of been there with, from 77, as it were, and Seeing the Phantom Menace, did it do any? Well, it did do something for you, obviously. But oh, yeah. what did what did it do for you at that point in time? Well, I would have been 26. Um, I would have been working by then. I would have finished uni. Trying to think, I, it was Pillsworth Warner Brothers Cinema, which no longer exists. Um, that was sold in the early 2000s to view and subsequently has been demolished um thanks view um so um but yeah i remember the cinema and and so i wasn't a massive cinema going back then because you go back 20 years what big geeky style movies were they really am i you're talking um yeah about the only one yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the fascinating thing about Star Wars as well, is, is that it created that trilogy yeah. and that ownership of a world, which now big studios yeah. crave rather than the individual films like yes. you're talking about, such as, yeah. I mean, in that period, what we're talking, we're talking Titanic, and that sort of big yeah. blockbuster was around that time. Avatar? Yeah. That was later. That was later. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's a very, really, that this film established the, yeah. the way that films are now made. Yeah. 
because yeah. it's in universe. But, it's that but, important and critical. But it's the same with the, the original trilogy, if you talk about that. Yeah. Because if the original trilogy had never been made, you would never have seen the Star Trek movies made. Yeah. One, one yeah, is yeah, dependent yeah. upon it's the other. True. And everything that came out of that following that. So then when George Lucas went back to the cinema um, in, in 99 with The Phantom Menace, again, that just spawned so much great cinema. Mm. So... No matter how much, whether you love or hate The Phantom Menace, we can thank all of the geek movies we now see on what George Lucas did. Absolutely agree. And, and it's also key when you think about the whole cinematography of the film. It kind of changed the way special effects were used. Yeah. There is the argument about green screen and geo, whatever crazy on that, but we'll cover that in a little bit. <laughs> but when you think of the technology that was used to make this, um, it was cutting edge. But it it enables enables everything. Yeah. yeah. If you think about someone yeah. like Jar Jar Binks, and yeah. now the green you, screen, yeah, it's, it's, it's motion capture is yeah. standard. But that was cutting edge. I remember being on like it's the six o'clock, ten o'clock news. I'm sure, I'm sure there was articles and there were interviews about from the studio and everything because it was that yeah. forward thinking yeah. as a film. Yeah. It was a, it was a huge precedent, I think, for for the amount of firsts it had. Or Andy Serkis owes a hell of a lot of debt of gratitude yeah. to George Robbins. Again, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Dave, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the reasons George Lucas waited so long was for the technology to catch up. To with well, he vision. always wanted it. He wanted to, which is why he, he catches up the original retcon them in places. But it it was, I mean, it shows it was so cutting edge because the scenes in. Phantom Menace, this Jar Jar Binks scenes is ones I'm thinking of, just because you've mentioned that with, with the motion capture. Because you've got scenes where um, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are talking to him and they're not actually looking at his face yeah. because they're not quite certain where his head is meant to be. Right. <laughs> you've got these scenes where they're just slightly missing yeah. eye contact yeah. with him. Yeah. But it's because it was so new yeah. and they were trying things out for the first time. And it's still influencing things today, actually, because if you think about the, the scene of... Um, are we jumping here, Alex? Am I all right? Not but, you know, but you know where there's the big battle between the droids and the Gungans. Gong, gong gong yeah. That is, the people who, the Russo brothers have said that was some of the inspiration between, for Endgame, the way yeah. that they filmed yeah. it, because it was the same type of, of battles and Infinity Wars yeah. as well. The way you see the cash, it's yeah. the exact yeah. same, yeah. Yeah. The same yeah. technology. Yeah. And they've literally said they were influenced by the Phantom Menace to do this. Yeah. Well, because it was never done before like that. And you can imagine a situation, mm. and I still think that, a lot of it, some of it doesn't, but a lot of it still stands up today, which yes. shows you just how far ahead it was. Well, it's funny because when you look at that, that particular scene is, is brilliant because there's, when you look at Infinity War, when they're in Wakanda and yeah, they let the shields yeah. down and, the and they put their kind of shields up in their capes, yeah. you then compare, yeah, yeah. compare that to the fact it's the same. you get the it's droids exactly load up, uh, yeah, yeah. sorry, the Gundams load up their shields and it is pretty much exactly the but, same. Yeah. But, but they admit that it's yeah, the same as yeah. well. Just for different characters. Yeah. So in, in the professional industry, that'd be best practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it becomes plagiarism. But I just want to circle back. To Admit something. it before you're accused. <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the phrase? It's easier to ask for forgiveness than beg for permission or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Ask for permission. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. So, but Mira, I want to circle back to something that you touched on earlier on about being a girl at that point in time. You know, there, there's been a lot of hoo-ha in the past couple of years around female fandom becoming bigger and better for want of a better word but back then it must have been quite unique going into the cinema being a Star Wars fan back in the day seeing this new movie and having 
I know at that point in time we just knew her as Padme, but kind of having another female leading actress who was absolutely brilliant. Um, how did it kind of feel in your world? Uh, well, there weren't a lot of uh, girls in the theaters, uh, to be honest. Uh, there were other than mothers taking right. their children <laughs> to see this movie. Uh, so, but it wasn't really something that I, I ever felt I could talk to friends right. with. Uh, and not even the friend who took me to see uh, Star Wars when we had uh, in 77. Uh, they were like, well, you want to see a movie? It was a sleepover. And then we ended up at seeing Star Wars. Mm. So uh, she wasn't half, even a quarter of a fan that I was. Oh, wow. It. So she really dropped off from her kind of family. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was just oh, a movie to see with her friend who stayed yeah. overnight. Wow. So, and of course, for me, it was life-changing. So, you know, but you didn't talk about it. I mean, my sister ended up liking it. So at least we had it, because my sister had the models and the Millennium Falcon, and I was more of just the wanting to be Leia and sometimes Luke, and R2 was my man from the start. And... <laughs> But, um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of people. I, I went to see Phantom Menace alone. Uh, it was uh, it was wonderful. I mean, I admit that I didn't really like the, the, pod, the pod race. <gasps> because wow. I was just like, it keeps going and going, <laughs> going and I'm not a NASCAR. I know, you know, and he still loves me, right? And, uh, I don't, yeah. Yeah, thank you. But, a little bit less than I used to but I still don't. <laughs> but I couldn't talk about it. I no. did not start talking about it. And I was older than Dave when this came out, so um, I was 30 when Phantom Menace came out. So I'm looking at it from an adult perspective, yeah. not as a child perspective, and, and bringing all the uh, original trilogy with me, saying I'm now going to go back in time and find out about Vader and his beginnings. So, um, But as a whole, it was the first time I saw it, I'm like, Here's my Star Wars. Here's this, you know, little things you noticed about. But overall, I embraced Obi Wan and Qui Gon. And oh my goodness, there's Obi Wan. He's younger. And he's doing McGregor. No goodness, this is gonna work, I think. And, and yeah, seeing Padme being strong, young, mm. uh, was was neat. Jar Jar, I could take or leave. But again, I'm I'm an adult watching this, not a child. And, uh, but I did think it was revolutionary because you didn't do that before. I mean, it was all new and it was all enjoyable. It felt like Star Wars to me still. Yes, it did. So um, it had been my least favorite now that they were all done. But again, I think because of where I was and how old I was when I saw it, still, I love the story. I love the, you know, I have a theory on how I think the prequels should have been done, but we can talk about that later. Uh, but again, I didn't be. I was able to start talking about my geekness until I worked for a movie theater, and that was probably <clears throat> ten years ago at most. Oh wow! Yeah, when the kids, kids about twenty something, in the you know high school going into college, it was like I could talk about it. They didn't make fun of me. I, you know, that was a change. It, yeah, yeah, totally. And then I got on Twitter almost three years ago now, and I was like, people are posting Star Wars. <laughs> and they're not judging me. I'm like doing everything. Anyway, and the rest is history. But it's, I'm kind of a late bloomer in that, being able to talk about it freely and not feel like 
Yeah. Well, it's funny, it kind of goes back to the point you made earlier around the fact that being a geek wasn't cool back then, mm-hmm. you know. And depending on who you speak to, being a geek now may not necessarily be cool, but it's slightly more accepted and a bit more yeah. con- conventional, you know. Everyone, I blame the Big Bang Theory to a certain extent, because it's kind of put that geekdom on the TV to make it kind of acceptable. And, you know, I, I, every so often when I'm wearing my Flash T-shirt, I get people coming up to me saying, oh, like Sheldon. No, it's the Flash. But anyway, that's me, that's me being the geek that I am. Um, but nevertheless, it's kind of seeing that change in kind of perception of what a geek is, what what's cool about it, what's not. Um, you know, Star Wars, I think, was kind of like the first set of films to really make that go bang. I know you always get this kind of feet, kind of fight, don't you, between the Trekkies and the Star Wars fans, looking at Ali. Um, but <laughs> One's good and the other one is okay. One is great, the other one is mediocre. Is Actually, one's great one's and the other one's amazing. Which one that is. Careful, remember what podcast you're on. I've watched this Last Jedi, Dave. Good film. Uh oh, and out of nowhere, Star Wars took the list. And out of nowhere, Star Trek took the lead. And he gets the grenade out. And he takes the pin. The card is forgiven. So, rolling back the conversation just a little bit to something that matters. I was going to pick up on something that Mary just said about the fact that she didn't enjoy as much. The, the pod racing. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about Phantom Menace for me, that the original trilogy you had no involvement with, mm-hmm. was that, for me, I feel that the, the prequel trilogy was always produced on the basis that they knew they were making computer games for them. Mm-hmm. And that's where pod racing comes in. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, that game was huge. It was, it was, pod it was racing amazing was awesome. as well. It was on the N64, N64. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You could also have massive... City oh, ones, arcade, the arcade yeah, one, yeah. where you actually sat in them, where they moved. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was yeah. I was in Disney World, uh, funnily enough, um, at the back end of last year, and um, in one of the restaurants they had like a little arcade over the back, and there was the pod racing game. Oh, I remember. It was great, and it was like it was like three bucks a go, and I was like, sorry, I'm gonna have a little go, I'm gonna have a play, <laughs> yeah. just, just for the sake of it. But it's, it, yeah, it's created a whole new way of creating a film. Yeah. yeah. For me as well, though, if you think about the original trilogies, you, you really focused on characters going from place to place to place. Mm-hmm. Phantom Menace was slightly different because it, it eared into the greater world of, mm. of politics in terms of Naboo, we have a queen. This is happening. This is what's happening in the universe. Yeah. This is Coruscant. This is what's happening here. And so instead of just being, um, you have your heroes, you go, yeah, follow, follow, follow. This was about building the world out, which was yeah, a completely yeah. different Star Wars to what we'd seen to that day. We knew there were these worlds out there because we've been to a few of them, but we're majorly in space most of the time, travelling and going to places rather than this is what's happening. It's funny because that was one of the biggest criticisms I it remember was. when it came out. Even now you still see people yeah. moaning that the film yeah. is way too political. Yeah. Who cares about like a trade blockade and you know? But the, the opening scroll yeah. was describing a trade blockade on a on a planet, and and so delegation has been sent to to lift the blockade. Yeah. It's if if you look back at the original trilogy, the premise was very simple. Yeah. You've got an evil empire and you've got a bunch of rebels 
who have had enough of the empire and the way it's squeezing everything. Good versus bad. Yeah. Call it that. And it's it's black and white. Yeah. Whereas you go back, you you then go to the prequels, and there's shades of grey in there. Yeah. A huge shades of grey. And it's yeah. it's even the fact that the the original. Um, the, the way that the Senate was run, the mm. fact that the Senate was supposedly there for the good of all nations within the Republic, yeah. but the shades of grey, and the way that Ian McDermott, as, as Palpatine, talks mm. about, mm. and here we see stepping the politicians and the bureaucrats. Well, that's how it yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very cleverly yeah, done. Absolutely. I think the criticism of that, though, was that it was referring to George Lucas's personal life at the time and his tax problems. And I think that, <laughs> I mean, that, was, I mean, that was the major criticism yeah. that a lot of people had when it was about tax. He was really talking about himself and what was going on. Oh, but, yeah. um, but how did Hitler rise? We're comparing George Lucas to Hitler. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If, if George <laughs> listens to this no, podcast, no, no. he's lost a listener. But when you think that the Empire is the Empire is themed after the, the Nazis, you know. The so, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, stormtroopers. The way the way it yeah. is. The um, jack boots. Yeah. The, the, even the uniforms of the the normal officers. The, the, the Imperials. Officers, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. all look like Nazis, yeah. which is. Yeah. It's, it's deliberate. And it doesn't it didn't happen overnight. This didn't happen overnight. So it was really interesting from you know, maybe my point of view, mm. of seeing the, the political and how it slithered in and how good Palpatine was at yeah. you know, convincing and he was very smarmy and mm. slithery to us because we knew who he was, but yeah. the people around him, that's how it is. I mean, we know that he was evil because of we know the outcome. Yeah. Of the story. It, it took me a while to actually realise that he was the Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah. Because in a way, I'm sorry, from the, the original poster that we discussed to start off with, mm-hmm. I always initially, well, always, when I first saw the movie, when I first saw the trailer, it was called The Phantom Menace, and you saw the Darth Vader shadow behind the, the young Anakin Skywalker child, I thought that was The Phantom Menace. Yeah. I thought Darth Maul was The Phantom yeah. Menace. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah same yeah. 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 Because whereas, of the. Yeah, whereas for me, The Phantom Menace mm-hmm. was, was Palpatine hiding in plain yeah. sight. Well, and I knew exactly who it was. I'm, I'm good with voices and yes. whatever. So, I mean, where, where am I? Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And just his yes. voice yeah, and just it, seeing yeah. him and the nose and it was just like, oh, that's the Emperor. I, I just find it amazing that Ian McDermott played the Emperor yeah. in the original trilogy yeah, yeah. with a ton of makeup to make yeah. him look older. Yeah, we then, then joined him. Perfect. He's the perfect age to play the same guy, Chief Palpatine, in the original trilogy. I'm like, it's uh, ironically perfect casting yeah. to a certain extent. And then 20 years later, he's doing it again. Possibly. <laughs> Rumour has it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it Roll It Again? Wasn't yeah. it? Was like, Roll It Again. Oh, anyway, um, we're here to talk about the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Not the sequel trilogy. Just one episode. Just one, yeah, yeah. Um, but it kind of... It, Touching on the way that the, the movie is set up, and it always makes me laugh when I watch it again because you see the comment at the start of A New Hope where Darth Vader walks into the start and he says, Oh, the Emperor's just disbanded the Senate. Yes. Um, and at the time. The last, was, the last remnants of the Old Republic. That's it. Yeah, you, it's an off the cuff remark at the time. Yeah. But then you introduce the prequel trilogy to give the background of the how it all of a sudden becomes like it. And then obviously we get the famous quote from Padme in. Revenge of the Sith. Um, so this is how democracy, democracy dies with thunderous applause. Yeah. The irony 
and the connections, the way it all links together is just... It does. It's fun. And obviously, George Lucas had a plan and... Yeah. He, eventually. Eventually. But it was uh, great <laughs> misdirection in that film. I mean, with oh, Padme, if you think about yeah. the character of Padme, yeah. you didn't know that she was one of the most important mm-hmm. characters in the saga because of what she turns Anakin into. Yes. And, and who's all her fault. And who's yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, she destroyed the greatest Jedi oh, ever. And it gave push. Natalie Portman her start. And Kira Knightley. And Kira Knightley. Yeah. Kira Knightley. Oh, I didn't know that until recently. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they job she shared, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Quite happily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although saying that Natalie Portman went off the radar a little bit, didn't she, from a Star Wars perspective for a few mm-hmm. years, just because of the, the backlash that happened. Yeah. And she didn't actually get a film after she did Avengers for a while. I think it was V for Vendetta. Mm was the next film that was a huge success that she ended up getting. Obviously, things will change somewhat. Um, but nevertheless, you do get that kind of impact on a, on a career perspective. And mm. as we're kind of talking about the, the characters of the movie, one thing I wanted to get take on around the room, I think I know what Dave's answer is going to be. So I'm going to start with Mera. <laughs> I might actually know what your answer is going to be to this as well. From the movie, who's your favourite character? Who's my favourite character from In the, the Phantom, movie? Yeah, just the Phantom Menace. Besides R2? I thought that was going to be your answer, so let's go with a different oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so predictable, right? I don't care whether he's in, he's still fabulous. Um, he makes C3O, C-3PO look good. Well, he does in that movie, yeah. C-3PO is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, C-3PO is very naked in that movie, isn't he? Yeah. As it's pointed out. Absolutely. Do you have favourite character? I... I don't know. I maybe mine's is harder than I thought. I have to say Qui Gon. Interesting. I'd have yeah. to say Qui Gon okay. because at first it was like Obi Wan because I loved Obi. You know, you know Obi Wan, but for some reason Qui Gon. Yeah, I'll go with Qui Gon. So uh, an easier question: What's your favorite R two moment? What's my favorite R2 moment? In the Saving everybody. <laughs> when they first, when they, she, I guess when he first got, what, commissioned? Um, because he... Unpacked. He <laughs> saved everybody's he behind did. again. So because of his bravery, if an astromech can be brave, and then Padme just was like, for your bravery, little astromech, you're, you're, even, you're ours. So I'm like, yes. I'm not saying that's probably one of my favorite R2 yeah. moments in the whole saga. Because, well. you know, at first you, you didn't know him, nobody knows R2, or, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden he's out there on the edge, whisking it off for everybody, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's your favourite. Yeah, because he kills your favourite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he doesn't. No, I'm not at that point. He does eventually. Ultimately. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Mr. the contrary. Yeah, I should have expected that. Yeah. I love you, Ali. <laughs> is it? No, I'm not killing more. Yeah, yeah, no, no. His, his journey's fascinating, isn't it? Because this is a long-established character, and I think, you know, that film, Anakin is too young mm-hmm. to really... Oh, start yeah. to think of him as, as the character he becomes whereas here you can yeah. see who he becomes yeah. and why and you know you see how his loyalty to qui mm-hmm. you see how important that is his uh, rebellion at the end of the film where he's prepared to train Anakin against the wishes mm-hmm. immediately at the council I like that the reckless side of Obi-Wan yeah, exactly. because he was very sort of not angelic but he was the he was the very sort of the, the, 
stalwart good guy mm-hmm. yeah. in the older films. Sure. And then, yeah, that he's so reckless in the, in the new ones. And immensely yeah. powerful as yeah. well with the Force and a tremendous, yeah. um, tremendous user of lightsabers, really. And, and took know. up Qui-Gon's request. Yeah. He was that, he loved his master so much that, yeah. 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 And, I, and I, I really think out, out of all the the character performances, and I would, I would accept what you said about Palpatine as well earlier, it's been brilliant. I think Ewan McGregor stands out <laughs> He had a massive yeah. boots to fill that. Oh, yeah. Alec yeah. Guinness. And he did it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think anyone now... I mean, you, you have two visions, don't you, of mm-hmm. Obi-Wan now. One is Ian Berg, one is Alec Guinness, yeah. and you don't think of them as being that separate. No. Mm-hmm. You just no, think it's a natural progression yeah. of how yeah. it goes. And I mean, that is a superb performance when you can do that. Lando is like that, to be honest. Yeah. I would say Lando has yeah. been done exactly yeah. the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good point. yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Lando in the solo movie all the yeah. way through oh, yeah, to... Yeah, you don't see them as two separate people. Mm. No, exactly. It was so well done. Yeah. Mm. But with Solo, Han Solo, they're very similar, but not not the same level. It's not. You'll have to give them another try. You'd be like 8 out of 10, so not to be like overly critical, but but you're talking 10 out of 10 for these two performances. Yeah. And that's a good Donald Glover just got it down pat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think the interesting thing for Ewan McGregor as well, for me, anyway, is that the film he did before that. Train spotted. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when you watch him in Train Spotted as a as a druggie, a completely different character, and then you see him literally pick up the lightsaber of yeah. of Obi Wan and portray this character brilliantly. Yeah. I've yeah. always been a fan of Ian McGregor anyway. Yeah. You've got you've got Moulin Rouge, which yeah. then shows him as a singer. <laughs> oh, quite. And, and yeah. uh, it's like you didn't expect that at all. No, it was great. Yeah, well, in two thousand and five, he did Guys and Dolls, the musical yeah. here in London yeah. afterwards, and and obviously at the time, a lot of people wanted to go because they were seeing Obi Wan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's fearless. This guy will, will do anything, yeah. act anything. So yeah, I, I think I think the character journey for where he ends up and the importance to the saga, I, I'd say him. Okay, we start again. I've had about what, five, six, seven minutes to think about this now, and I still <laughs> cannot really nail it down. I, I, <laughs> overall, I mean, my favourite character throughout the entire two trilogies is Palpatine. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, you've drawn this Palpatine. Um, and Once you get paid for the benefit of the tape. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think Palpatine. I think, I think you start to see that journey of him really being a probably corrupt guy. Mm-hmm. And, and he's the all-encompassing good guy. He's got everyone's best interests at heart, but he hasn't at the same time. And you start to see that. I, I was like you, Mara, but with, I'm quite good at recognising voices. Mm-hmm. And I thought straight away, yep. That's the guy. He's gonna he's gonna turn into Palpatine. This is so exciting. How are they gonna do this? <laughs> yeah. So that for me, digressing slightly, we were talking about the politics. That didn't really matter because it sort of set up that whole. I mean, it had to be really. It had to be controversial with the politics for the current the character of Palpatine to work. But yeah, um, yeah, Palpatine for me. Because if you think about Palpatine as well, in in the context of recent things, we look at rebels in particular, and we see him as. The Emperor, and we see him as Palpatine, so we see him in the Phantom Menace, mm. and you see that dark, sinister transformation mm. happen in front of Ezra's eyes, mm. and almost, as you were saying, because it was so yeah. good, you start to see that journey on camera, where he's manipulating and moving yeah. people around, so I, I completely understand what I love it, I mean, I, I know we're talking about the Phantom Menace, but the scene, I think it might be episode three, 
when he's with Anakin mm-hmm. and he starts to say, you know, talk about the dark side of the force and they're, and they're hiding, the they're yeah. hiding yeah. stuff. Yeah. From yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, but I love that. I absolutely he's love that. Yeah. Because he's an expert chess player. Yeah. Massively. So complex. So intelligent. Yeah. But he was manipulating him from, from the, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I think he's my favorite. in. Well, he said in Phantom Menace, I'm going to be watching. Yes. I'll be watching. Yeah. With great interest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and even again digressing, Clone Wars. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was great. You see, yeah. you see both sides of him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's not Ian McDermott, but nevertheless, it's still yeah. the same character. Yeah. Um, and you see that progression all the way through. Um, yeah. No. Great shout. I'm going to ask. I think I know what the answer is going to be, but um, I think. Uh, can I take a guess at who I think your favourite character is? Go. On. Uh, boss Nass. I, <laughs> I do like Boss Nass. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I, 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 I had to do that. Sorry. Did that happen? I did. Oh, wow. I did not come all the way to London to not do my boss nass impression, okay? I was, was going to say kid stuff, but um, jeez. Okay. I'm straight hours on a coach this morning. I'm not letting that go. No, Dave, apart, apart from dribbling all over the recording studio, um, <laughs> go for it. Darth Maul. Oh, there you go. Do you guys want to answer this together? Because it's going to be the same, isn't it? Um, Bit of a bromance with Darth Maul now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ten Did minutes you, of power. He was ultimate. expertly done. I mean, he was a great He was character. brilliant. Red Park. Yeah. yeah. He, he brought the villain to life. He was music in action. He was. That's how I describe it. How long was he actually on film for? It's not, not that long, is it? It's like not long enough. Minutes or something. Yeah. yeah, not long yeah, enough. Really not long enough. Well, you've got a few bits. You've got a bit where he's initially... I will send my henchman attitude. Yeah. And it's like, there's now two of them. Yeah. What have we got into? Yeah. 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 Great reaction, that one. Yeah, that was a great reaction. And then, and then you, you have him on Tatooine. Um, That's a great fight scene. You, you, you've got the bit before that where he's got the hunt. Yeah. When he sends out his drones. Yeah. And he's there on his bike. But when, he, when the Emperor tells him to go as well, and yes. like, it's the time we reveal it. And yeah. yeah. last we'll have revenge. Yeah. I love that quote. Dare I say oh. oh, you're full of controversy. Oh. And, and, and then you're obviously... You're too close to Mr. Contrary. I think it's yeah. catching. Yeah. <laughs> come, come, join me. Join the dark side. <laughs> Voice of reason. <laughs> no, no. no. And, 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 and then you have Jewel's face. And I'm sorry, but that is what that battle is called for me. It's just Unbelievable. The, the music, he can't, yeah. Oh, just just as the John music Williams. ramps up oh. as he takes off his, yeah. his, his hood. Mm. And it's yeah. just like... It's brilliant. Oh. I love when you, you get the lightsaber scene. I think he's holding it horizontally and it goes... Yeah. At one yeah. side. Yeah. And then goes... Yeah. And yeah. Like, yes! Yes! Oh, yes! Because everyone has seen this long handle. Yeah. And yeah. thinking it's just a long handled lightsaber. But it's only single, isn't it? Yeah. Up yeah. to that point, yeah, I think. In the first battle, it is. Yeah. When, when he fights Qui-Gon, it's just a, it's just a yeah. long handled lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. The way he moves. Just, oh, my goodness. He's like a ninja. I think yeah. he's yeah. probably... The well, moves... It's, it's funny you say that, because one of the things that attracted me to Darth Maul, not the fact that the face, the, the paint, as it were, looked amazing. The character was quite dark and... I've always got a thing with a bad, bad, bad side of things, but he. So, <laughs> do you like bad boys? I do, I, I like, <laughs> what attracted him was the dark eyes, <laughs> the, the dark yellow, um, the pouts, the, um, the hair. He likes like you. He's treated me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I like a bad boy. And he's not his... <laughs> <laughs> You're <right>, Alex. <laughs> 
I'm, so, I'm thinking I'm swooning over Darth Maul. But, um, <laughs> it was the thing that got for me was that he to, to Andy's kind of jumping on what you said about the double blade yeah. lightsaber. As as a kid in the dark times, I was a huge fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, and I and I still am. Um, I've got I've got a piece of art on my wall which is Donatello. And the thing that got me with Darth Maul was that it reminded me of Donatello's post-off. Mm. The way he was twisting it around, twirling it, mm. and when then when he ignited both blades, I was like, oh my god, he <laughs> just totally made it even better. Um, so that that was the first thing that stood out for me. But the second thing that stood out for me was this fact that he was this absolute beast of a man. Yeah, he was. Um, the way he battled with Qui-Gon Jinn comfortably, yeah. having making Qui-Gon Jinn retreat to a certain extent in that first kind of battle. Despite Qui-Gon being the master and him supposedly being an apprentice. Exactly. Um, and then obviously we, we get to that final scene of Qui-Gon where that epic battle happens yeah. and he, he basically tears him apart. Um, yeah. and, literally. And, literally, yeah. Well, and then obviously Ali's favourite jumps in and ruins it all. But, um, <laughs> I think he got a lucky strike. I think he did get a lucky yeah. strike. But I think, and kind of combining that scene with Jewel of the Fates, which is my favourite Star Wars piece of music. Mm. Um, you know, this film has got a lot of favourites for me. Mm. I want it to, it's not my favourite Star Wars film. But nevertheless, um, it's got Jewel of the Fates with Darth Maul fighting against Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's it's like, get, think of a Star Wars dream, put your hands together, and you've just made some of the most perfect <laughs> Star Wars in that particular sequence. Um, interspersed with the, the space battle and whatnot, but Yippee! What's the other one, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't collect Star I collect Star Wars like, okay, I've got a few pieces of Star Wars like, but I don't tend to collect play Sky is blue. Yeah. Let's be I Okay, I have a few pieces of Star Wars like, but um, I didn't collect Star Wars playsets. And this is something Andy and myself have debated in the past. I am... Lego playsets. Yes. I, I am the ships, the tanks, the vehicles. Yeah, yeah, you've said this. I, I, I am not the playset person when yeah. it comes to Lego sets. Mm -hmm. However, the first Star Wars playset I bought was when they released Jewel of the Fates as, oh, as a playset. And that was my first one because it was like, yes. <laughs> I will have that one. <laughs> and the different fighting styles that each one had. I mean, Qui-Gon and, and Obi, not their defense. Mm. They weren't, you know, combative. Mm. And each one had an individual fighting style. This was something they hadn't seen before. They hadn't, yes. you know, yeah. I mean, not only is he's got a double, but yeah. yeah. Well, well, you, you went from the original trilogy where mm. basically lightsaber battles were akin to the Japanese Aikido, yeah. where it was just yeah. batter each other down, yeah. <laughs> and it was literally yeah. just just hammering away, two-handed grip on a lightsaber, beating each other's defenses down. <clears throat> Two ninjas choreography. It was yeah, choreographed. It was yeah, it was properly choreographed, wasn't it? The, the, yeah. the spinning yeah. and the yeah. twizzling round. I also wanted to say that you said mentioned the aggression. Mm. I love the contrast in that scene where he absolutely slaughters Qui Gon. Yeah, and then. Obi-Wan gets caught in those weird sort of yeah, yeah. electronic Dream. things that he, yeah, and he, and he can't, he can't get out. And he's there, and I think he starts meditating or something. Yeah, or he, 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 sits he, he sits on the floor. He sits on the floor, that's it. lightsaber down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and he's, yeah. he's like, right, I'm going to calm down. Because he knows Darth he's emotional. Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Darth Maul's pacing. Yeah. He's like a tiger. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He, you can yeah. almost hear him. He's like, snarling. Yeah, I want this guy to come out. I want to... 
slaughtering. Be, be, because yeah. in a way, he encompassed mm -hmm. the, the Sith mentality mm -hmm. of aggrand, yeah. uh, aggression, anger, mm -hmm. um, tear your uh, opponents to pieces. Yeah. He was he was the warhound let loose. Yeah, I, I think he nailed that. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, he was the Sith uh, destruction tool. Yeah, tool yeah. of destruction. Yeah, yeah. and um, arrogant. Yes. Because yeah, he thinks Obi-Wan was going to, yeah. you know, think and, yeah. and, and, you know. When, when Obi-Wan was down that kind mm -hmm. of shaft bit. Well, even then, and he's holding on, yeah. and he's like swiping his lightsaber yeah. on the floor. That's, yeah, and, yeah, You know. Um, You're gone. You're nothing yeah, to me anymore. Yeah. I'm toying. I'm a, I'm a cat playing with a mouse now. And then all of a sudden, yeah. we know what happens, and Obi-Wan Kenobi cuts him in half, literally. Um, yeah. But, and another thing from that scene in particular that I, I find brilliant, and being the, the collector that I am, is that you can actually buy lightsaber hilts that are battle damaged, dark and lightsaber hilts. That's cool. Where if you buy two of them, you can connect them. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a thing that... I, I've, I've got um, a Hasbro doll, for want of a better word. It's, uh, action a 12, 12 inch action figure. Action figure. That comes to pieces in the middle. You take him apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's, a, it's a Hasbro 12-inch range that followed on from the, the Kenner 12-inch range. Half the man he used to be. And literally, <laughs> you, you get the two halves and the lightsaber comes to pieces as well. Do you remember, do you remember the Jaffa Cake advert here? That's full moon, half moon. Yes. <laughs> full mole, <laughs> half mole. <laughs> Yeah, very really? much so. Very yeah. much so. I say I got a Darth. It was a double set. I got a Darth Vader one as well. And the nice. Darth Vader one. The helmet comes off, and the hand comes off at the wrist. Oh, so yeah. so it's almost like they're like a matching pair of battle damaged Sith lords. Wow. <laughs> Where did you buy that from? I don't know. I've had it for about four or five years now. That is one of the weirdest things ever. It's a fantastic set. And it's, it was done, it's like a cardboard box, but quite, a, as you've seen, like the, can, the Kenner range. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's a Kenner collectible range. When Hasbro bought, bought them, they became Hasbro mm. for a while. And so the entire front of the packaging is plastic, and then the frame of it is is cardboard behind. And you can see Darth Vader's, I think David Darth Vader's hand was actually separate from the body and the maw was separated into two. So you, you actually got them on. In a present, the box I was going to ask, is it out of the box? It's out of the box. They're both out of the box. They're both out of the box. I unboxed 99%. I didn't. Me, no. no, it was you, one of these things where I picked it up 20 years that. after it was made. Once, once you go live with this podcast, you need to tweet that because I'm dying to see that. I'll, I will, both I will, the action figure and the box. I know, the box is in the loft. But I think I'll, I'll, I'll have the action yeah, figure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's funny because yesterday we had a, we obviously we have the Jello Council WhatsApp group. Um, ironic timing that like I picked up the mini figure, micro figure um, of the Sith Infiltrator with a little Darth Maul and shared with everyone my Darth Maul shelf that I have at home. That, that's kind of how much I am a fan of this guy. It's kind of made me have a specific area where I collect stuff. Yeah. Just about Darth Maul. Apologies if you guys can hear <laughs> the sirens in the background. We are coming to take us away. Um, yeah, um, he's an iconic character, isn't he? And he like, is. And when you think about Star Wars, there are a few super, super mm. high-level characters, and I, I would put Darth Maul right up there on the mm. top I would, uh, yeah, level yeah, yeah, of yeah. characters. Definitely. Like, yeah. Which, which is amazing. Again, as you say, he wasn't on screen that long. No. But what he brought to that film, the energy, mm -hmm. what you'd not seen before, the Sith. It's instantly recognisable, mm -hmm. and so I, you know, just for that alone. But again, that showed why the reaction, the fan reaction at the end of Solo, 
was massive. Yeah, great point. Mm. An yeah. unveiling of, of Maul. Spoiler. Yeah, just in case you've not seen Solo yet, apologies. If, if, you've, if you've not seen Solo yet, then why are you even listening to one of our podcasts? Why the Clone Wars? Yes. No, no, I think you're, you're kind of spot on there. He's, I don't want to call him the prequel's Boba Fett, but he kind of is. Let's see what you mean. bigger than Boba because Fett. Because Boba Fett, he is oh, hold on a minute. He's definitely bigger. <laughs> I think he's bigger than Boba Fett. I, I would say. I love Boba Fett, yeah. but I think, oh, yeah. because you see the face, you see the aggression, yeah. there's more personality. Boba Fett was, was fantastic because he was this faceless thing yeah. in an armour that, that, that delivered what he was paid to deliver. Well, he was Does that almost just, just an idea. He was. Right. He, he, he was we made a lot. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Maul was passion, aggression, mm-hmm. anger. You saw the emotions on his face. You, you, yeah. you, you could empath- Even though you would, you wouldn't want to empathise with him, you could empathise with what he yeah. was. Yeah. And that's that's the difference. And like you've got kids, Dave. And I bet once they watched that film, yeah. Darth Maul would have been, "Wow, Dad, that's." Whereas <laughs> if you watched the other films. You might. It's Boba not, Fett. It's, it's funny. Just Boba's great. Yeah. The, the screen time of both is, I'm going to stab at a guess, as being pretty equal. Because when you think about it, not in. Because of, of what happens in Clone Wars and stuff. No, no, no. Yeah. Movie wise, right? So when you compare the original trilogy well, of Boba Fett. Well, you've got, got young Boba Fett. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, if you think about the Clone Wars film. Yeah, Stop yeah. picking holes in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've got Rebels as well. You've got Rebels. Okay. I reckon more's, more screen time, but, ultimately. If you think in the Empire Strikes Back, I'm going to hammer this home. Um, in the Empire Strikes Back, we get Boba Fett for what? Minutes. Ten Five minutes. Because yeah. you get him standing behind Vader at the dinner table. Yeah. Um, you know this deal's getting worse every time. I know that's uh, what's his face, but Boba yeah. Fett's in there. Yeah. But you don't get him per se. Yes. And then obviously in Return well, of well, the you, Jedi. You get it on yeah. these uh, the when the hunt is launched by Vader as well. Remember, no execution. Yeah, yeah. And then no he, disintegration. He, dr- he drifts away in the rubbish. And, yes. And then obviously we get him at the start of Return of the Jedi. So, but compare him to Maul. Yeah. Maul is bigger. You get... No, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm trying to be contrary for a change. Um, <laughs> I'm taking the leaf. No, 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 but I think, um, I think you know, is, does, is anyone, it, but does anyone around this table think that Boba Fett is a... Bigger character than Darth Maul. I think we need to put that out to the fans as well. Yeah. Maybe that's a binary vote. Yeah. yeah. It, because they, I want to say Boba Fett had probably leans a little bit more to Boba Fett because he's been around longer, okay. so the fan base is bigger. True. But as far as you know, awesomeness, Darth Maul impact of impact yeah. on the saga. Yeah. But I yeah. want to say, you know, for the length of time, I I would say they're pretty. Both of it, maybe a little bit more, just from that point of view. What do you think, guys? Yeah. I, I mean, more stands out to me more massively. I, I, but but then you're like, of that more generation. Yeah, but also, I, I'm a good example for me is that the Mandalorian series is coming soon. I'm actually not that bothered about the Mandalorian. Oh. There you go. I've said it. I'm, am I that? <laughs> See you later, Alex. I, I, for the benefit, like the yeah, Alex has just walked off. If I could pick you up, finally, it's my opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 I, if I could actually lift you, Andy, yeah, you've got no way I'd to put it. you out. No, 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 no. Like, wow. I'm not. I, let, just, just hear me out. Can we rewind so, for a second? No. This is a huge digression, but so carry I, on. But I'm, no, I'm not that bothered because it's not a central character of the Star Wars saga for me, Boba Fett, or any of the any of the Mandalorians, so to speak. Yes, it might be interesting. Is it is it central to the saga? No. 
would would I watch a series about Darth Maul? Of course I would. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So for me, mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a huge draw to the Darth Maul character. Bubba, yeah, take him or leave him. But I think you, you hit on it though. It's when. Yeah. So you yeah. would have more of the Darth Maul. We have more of the. What personally? Watch out, Alex won't find yeah. you attractive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what I'm yeah. I see you at a new uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why I, I positioned you so I can look at you. Sorry. <laughs> I remember to get it's, like it's the little horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, you need well, we some gel tools. Yeah. The, the red and the black paint. I'll, I'll, I'll need to do that. You're wearing the red and black t-shirts. I am too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Boba Fett's popularity was it took everybody by storm. Everyone loves him, but I, mean, I, it was I don't think why. Because he because he was that faceless enigma. Yes, but he didn't. But you see, for he, us, that was that was taken away because we think of him in the in the Clone Wars yeah. and the Sorry, prequels the as well yeah. so we don't have that connection that with people who but, but I'm, I, even though I'm from the I'm the original so trilogy generation I still think more for me is the bigger character yeah. he is, he is I, it resonates more with more because because I think you see his face I think yeah. that's a big part that's of true. this yeah. it allows you to connect more with him you see the whenever you see him on screen, you see the anger, you hear it in his tone of voice, yeah. you you see it in how he paces yeah, yeah, when he's yeah. waiting for Obi Wan because he's he's waiting for Obi Wan because he's gonna murder him. Yeah. That's what yeah. he's waiting for. He is that he is that tiger pacing in the cage, trying to figure out how am I gonna get out of this cage to get to you. Mm. Yeah. That's that's what that scene is. Boba Fett. Yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Boba Fett, but Boba Fett was yeah. a faceless enigma. He, he was capable and competent what he did. That's all you knew about him. Yeah. It's the mystery behind him. Yes. He didn't lead a scene, though, as well. He didn't. But well, when you end up cloning scene. him, because and you turn him into an entire army, there is no mystery. Well, he is a clone if we... That's what I mean. He is a clone himself. For yeah. going out on a limb here, but in comparison, Boba Fett's a bounty hunter. He just does a job. He just gets yeah. hired to go He's hunt hired. people yeah. down, yeah. and he gets paid for it. That's kind of boring. Um, <laughs> but it is. That, that's why I see him as. It's just. A, it's just a bit so part cool, character. You know. So but, he's but, in the background, yeah. and he's this, you know, presence and this, you know, he's got a yeah. mystique to him. But as far as powerful and, yeah. you know, but, I would but, have to say but, it's Darth Maul. Yeah. But. but that's not to take away from the fact that I'm really looking forward to Mandalorian. <laughs> no, I'm not. I really am. But you, but you don't. Oh, you don't watch no, the Clone no, Wars. No, I've not seen Clone Wars. You don't. No, I've not seen the Mandalorians in greater detail. Yes. Do you, does anyone want to though? That's I yes. want to see it much more yes. than the films. Yes. Same here. I'm looking forward well, to it more than the episode nine. All right. Well, that's been great, guys. See you later. Review the Lego. Actually, oh, Lego, Lego, Lego. I, I will. One thing. The Slave One Ultimate Collector Series oh, is possibly the greatest Lego set I, I do have. That. Oof. I do have that. It is awesome. Again, to be controversial, I prefer the Ultimate Collector Series Snow Speeder. I haven't built that yet, so it I, is, it. I might is, have to build it later. It is just a stunning looking set. The one, the one thing, completely going off a tangent. The one thing that detracts from the We have a tangent, a tangent yeah. of a tangent. Yeah, yeah. We don't. <laughs> but to let me finish. The, the, <laughs> the one thing that detracts from the UCS land speeder, snow speeder, is that the Sweet. minifigures don't fit in it. 
And I really a, hate that. Because they could almost fit, apparently. That's, they, yeah, they're, they're a little bit too small. Yeah. They need to be bigger. The seats yeah. are made too big for them, which is nice because it means that scale of snow speeder is fantastic. Yeah. But maybe they should have released special edition minifigures to fit it. Can, can I ask, how can we now segue back into the Phantom Menace? <laughs> You've just done it. There you go. Yep. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is see, it's bad enough when we're over the phone. Yeah, uh, let alone yeah, when we're actually yeah, yeah. interacting with each other. I think that's a very different kind of podcast that we're having, but nevertheless. Don't forget your speech at start an hour, hour and a half. I don't know what we're on now, but I'm, I'm waiting for you to realise that you need to do it as a two part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna be a two part where we're, we're split. I'm yeah. enjoying the conversation too much. Why, why, why <laughs> I think you should stop it soon? Do a second part. Oh, Mister! You tell me how to direct the podcast. I'm pressing the button. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's another thing that you can do. Now. <laughs> yeah, I'm normally in control. Um, I am the Senate. No, uh, um, and this is how democracy. Yeah, yeah, the one, yeah, oh yeah, quite. Yeah. <laughs> I'll add some more applause in the post-edit. Post um, the other thing I wanted to get from you guys was. Your favourite scene. So there's some pretty epic scenes. I think we've gone yeah. into a lot of detail. Yeah, I covered them. Obviously, pod, pod racing is a merit. Right. Um, but what would be your favourite scene from that film? I would have to say the duel yeah. between yeah. Darth Maul and Qui-Gon. I've got a feeling that might be a unanimous. Yeah. No. It's okay, right. okay. No. I was just going to ask you in a minute. Uh, yeah, I think I have to go with that one. I mean, there's a lot that Padme's reveal... Um, mm. That was clever. But it's, it's, yeah. And, and some of some of Palpatine's, you know, getting wormy in there and, and yeah. how that reveal of him being in the Senate and, and connected to Naboo was mm-hmm. interesting. Yes. Uh, so he was fighting against his own planet. Or, well, yeah. it gave yeah. him, well, he claims he was. So yeah. like, you never know if he actually did exactly. come from that. Exactly. So, um, but I have to say, as far as something that I really remember the most about from the film was the was the duel at the end. I, do you know? I agree. Like that, that's brilliant. But yeah. if you think about oh. the very first scene, the very first scene where they land, oh, yeah. Yeah. and you think about where that journey goes in the first, that's, I'm, I'm putting the entire first 10, 15 minutes. Aggressive negotiations. Yeah, exactly. And you suddenly go, oh, this, this is this is different. And then it's the first time you've seen it visually mm. like this, yeah. probably in any film. And so it's that instant impact of. Okay, Star Wars is back, and it's yeah. different, and it's big, and it's bold, and it's colourful, and it's faster in pace. Yeah. And then if you think about the Gungan homeworld as well, or I'm not, I'm not, well, sorry, you know, but when you go down oh, the, into yeah. into yeah, yeah, yeah. the kingdom, whatever you want to call it, underwater, that's just beautiful. The first Amazing. time you see the ripples of the yeah. water, you know, but the, but the story's already evolving in pace here where you're seeing... Fish kill fish. What's what's Romero? <laughs> You're just so young and, and adorable. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> He's not a bad boy, so I don't like him. Sorry, mate. Neither does Romero. But but you know there, there was already some some morality and some moral mm. stories coming through in that early scenes, but it was it set the tone, and I think it was incredibly important for that. And and so actually I think that was really really important. Mine, yeah, podcast. Podcast? Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is podcast. Yeah, my yeah. favourite part my, of Handsome yeah. Manage is the doing podcast. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. <laughs> this is the whole no, the pod. 
<laughs> Sorry, the pod race. The pod race. See, very easy to get confused. But the pod race, for a very good reason. Um, seeing it, it takes me back again, going back to the cinema with my dad when I was 11. We didn't go to the cinema very often at all, didn't have enough money. Um, special treat, let's go and watch the film. And absolutely blown away. I can't remember if it was some sort of special screen or whatever. I don't think it was IMAX or whatever back in the day. But I just remember the sound of Sebulba's oh, yeah. pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it felt this like this has been was, a podcast of brilliant sound effects. It has. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have been logging to the Guy in Police Academy, by the way. Sorry, the <laughs> <laughs> random sound effects come out of my mouth. Oh, um, so but yeah, the, the in the back, of, and I remember it felt like I was being punched in the back of my chair. The whole yeah, yeah. cinema was well, vibrating. We were in Dolby back then. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, THX. THX. Yeah. Oh, THX would have been THX. Yeah. Um, and I just remember sitting there thinking, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it probably drags a little bit too long. It's about 10, 12 minutes long, I think. But I love it. I love the whole scene from start to finish. Is on that. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's really comedy. Good. I love. I love Watto as well. Yeah, and yeah. he's like some. He's like sleazy Turkish man from a bazaar. <laughs> That's like, like, fifty thousand credits. What do you think you are, Jedi or something? Yeah. The writing in it. it the writing in it is fantastic. The commentary is fantastic. The the CGI. It got a lot of stick, and it still gets a lot of stick for the CGI. I think it's phenomenal. I really do. The pod race was really good. It's so, yeah, it absolutely. I just remember it takes me right back when I watch it. <laughs> completely. <laughs> <laughs> in there. Just blew me away. Yeah, yeah. And it also, I like the way again they get that human element as well of they're trying to sabotage each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just an honest race yeah, like, yeah. like we get here. So he throws a spanner behind Probably him and stuff, yeah. puts yeah. blows up an engine. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. almost like the Ben here chariot races. Where yeah. they're driving the chariots into yeah, each true. other. Exactly. Yeah. But I loved it. I loved, I loved the whole going on, on on the side through the little narrow crevices in the cliffs and yeah, the whole the whole thing for me. The, thing, me I, right the back. thing I love about that pod race now, even more so, the Star Tours ride in Disneyland and Disney World has a scene where you're you land bang in the middle of the pod race and you get two engines attached to the ship that you're on. Yeah. So you get taken on oh, a journey through the podcast. And in the podcast, but there you go. Through the pod race. Yeah. And then you kind of, you, you leave eventually, but you actually get dropped into the world, 3D glasses on, getting shaken around as if you're actually in the pod race. That's it's cool. absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I also thought it was a great way of easily, I thought that you, I thought, you might disagree, I thought the film was aimed a little bit at children. Mm. Compared to, I with, think it was with Jar Jar and stuff isn't. as well. Well, but then you had the Ewoks. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Star, Star Wars is but, a kids' film. It is. But that, that, I the thought that was a great way. way. If anything, it's older now than it ever has been because the yeah. original movies were all used. Mm. Whereas now we're looking at wasn't well, Revenge of the Sith the first one that was not a PG or a U? It was like a twelve. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, the pod, the pod race for me, not the podcast, the pod race. For me, it was a great way of, of easily explaining to younger kids. I mean, I was 11, I was still young, but of Anakin's power. Yeah. So he, he, he's just just a young boy, and he can get into this machine, and he can kick ass completely, mm-hmm. go round, and that's a great way of me thinking, wow, he's really good. Mm-hmm. And that's that's that. It was easily translated to me when I was younger. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna you know go through the galaxy, and obviously we know what it becomes anyway. But it was a great way. Yeah, Why, well, have you not seen the film? No. Oh. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Why are you on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to go back to like the thudding noise. I love it. <laughs> there's the, the one thing that all the way through Star Wars, there are certain iconic noises. One, one is always going to be the lightsaber. The noise yeah. of a lightsaber igniting. Mm. And the, the strike of mm. lightsabers. Yeah. The second one is your TIE fighters and the yeah. screaming noise yeah. of TIE fighters. Yeah. The third one is your pod race. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Those are the for, the, for me the three iconic and a, noises. And the few pews of the uh, Stormtrooper blasters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the blasters. But if anything, that's secondary because it's not. It's when you see a Tie Fighter, the scream is what you, you know, get. Yeah. When yeah, you see the lightsaber, the 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 the, the mm. warm, warm hum noise is what you hear. And when you see the pod race, it's the yeah, and also yeah. the wow. screaming bits. And when when it was the first, of Darth Vader. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's because you know you hear that well, before yes, you yeah. see him. Yes and, and no. Yes and no. No. Yeah. They're, they're background noises yeah, I, for I me. Don't, I don't, yeah. Pulling, pulling this back, pulling yeah. this back. I think, that, I think that's how R2 speaks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sound effect yeah. per se. Yeah. He's yeah. a very distinctive way of speaking, that's for certain. Yeah. Yeah, he swears all the time, that's why he speaks. <laughs> um, that's yeah. 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 I have yeah. the same It's actually been dubbed. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's one yeah. other thing I like about the Padres, which is also, I'm a big fan of Formula One. And the way that they don't, it's so cleverly filmed, they don't just start the Padres. Mm-hmm. They've got the guys introducing it, but then also each ship, you hear it start, yeah, you hear, yeah, yeah, you, and, yeah, and it yeah, focuses yeah. on, and it's like watching an old F1 race. Yeah. Because I yeah. always, I mean, the now it's very, well, you have to be yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's very professional now, but back yeah. in the day, you would hear it, yeah. and, the, and the cars would sound different, and each yeah. one would look very different. Yeah. And it takes you right back to that. Each, each sort of racer gets its own little scene where it starts up and they're starting the engines and, and fails. yeah well yeah but <laughs> the one with the pods shoot yeah off. <laughs> but they're all you know all getting ready for the line and, and then the, the lights go and the oh, not check up the green light or whatever i just i like the build up to it as well not just the actual racing but build up it, it, the race is started by jabba spitting out something onto it goes to gong that is it yeah yeah, yeah gong, so the gong yeah. start <laughs> i completely forgot about it he yeah, yeah. he takes a bite yeah. he does that's it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a little fish or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Some frog type thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the finite attention to detail in the films are quite quite unbelievable when you think about it. Yeah. Just these little things, and David mentioned Dora Singh. Yeah. Like, unless you know who she is, that completely yeah. bypass. But the fact that they've stuck her in there yeah. is absolutely brilliant. But then she was in there before the Clone Wars cartoons were written. Well, yeah, and then she so was the Clone Wars in, was uh, then deliberately well. brought. Yes, yes, yes. Well, she's dead now, apparently. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know. um, Thanks to Beckett. What's your favourite scene, Dave? I always of... thought there was a delay on the line before I saw it. <laughs> 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 I actually do pause. I do pause. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, pause pausing for dramatic effect. Yeah, I always yeah. thought. I, I used to be like, my internet jumped in. Sorry. No, it is, it is the way it is. It's considered thought sometimes. It is very considered. As opposed to my flipping comments. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference. Someone asks me a question that's a considered thought. Someone is saying something I think is something witty. I just chip it in. <laughs> There's a difference. There's a difference. Um, for me, it's, it's it is Jewel of Fates, but it's also that entire last fifteen minutes. Right. The fact that you've got the entire land battle piece between the Gungans and the, the Droid mm-hmm. Army. Yeah. The, the, you've got the race to get to the throne room, That's um, mm-hmm. which is so cleverly done. Mm-hmm. You've then also got the, if anything, the space battle is the weakest bit of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's almost like, even though Anakin manages to pull off the thing that dis- de- de- destroys the Droid Army, oh, 
for me, that is the minor piece of that story. That's the weak bit. And the other three parts all working and the way you're jumping between the three different stories and you keep yeah. cycling through them as each of them get dealt a blow because they get arrested and they don't get to the throne room and it turns out that it wasn't really the people they thought yeah. they were. And, and the, the way that Qui-Gon falls and he's gone and, and the way that the, the droid army is initially looks like they're defeated and routed and they're running and then then um, Jar Jar Binks manages to actually <laughs> save the day by by dragging down the balls which then destroyed the army. Yeah. It's it's almost like I, I following all parts of that together happening at the same time. Yes. Simultaneously. Yeah. Yes. Is that a Star Wars thing? Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it's kind of a formula. It's really neat and played out through <sighs> the saga. It, it's very similar it's to the end of Return of the Jedi, yeah. actually. It almost yeah. reminds me of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. you've got Ewok space battle, Luke and yeah. Vader fighting. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very similar to that yeah. in a way. Well, yeah. A, a land battle, a space battle. Yeah. Yeah. One on one. And a one on one, yeah. And they're, and they're happening at the yeah. same time. Yeah. yeah. And, and it jumps between. And it's like a Lord of the Rings book. Yeah. You've yes. got a section where yes. it's, you know, following yes. hobbits or Well, whatever. that's how novels are written. Exactly. Novels are definitely written yeah. where you'll have a chapter on one character and then it'll split, move on to another character for the next chapter. Mm -hmm. Or there'll be a pause in the actual story or meet to the next person. But it's brilliant on film. It is. Yeah. Well, it is. Star Wars is made in this repetitive motion, as it were. You know, mm -hmm. there are themes that are repeated in the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, even the sequel trilogy now. You know, and this is just a, a prime example of that. You know, we've seen... and. It's funny, you pointing that out, that's the first time I'd ever thought about it. Um, the fact you have the space battle, the land battle, and the one-on-one, -on -one and Return of the Jedi, and the Phantom Menace. I mean, and, to, and in a similar way, in Return of the Jedi, you could actually say that George Lucas was ripping off in Phantom Menace. In going back to Return of the Jedi, all three have the failure. So yeah. they go in to destroy the the shield generator, and they get captured. Right. You have Luke and Vader one on one, and Luke fails. He casts but he casts aside his lightsaber. You you'll not turn me like you did my father. Line to which Palpatine then goes out to kill him. Yeah before it gets turned around. Mm. And then you also have the space battle where they're going in for the attack and the shield isn't down, pull up, pull out. And they, some of them do, some of them don't. And it, it's almost like that is repeated in The Phantom Menace. It's also repeated in um, Attack of the Clones, to a certain extent. You've got the one-on-one -on -one battle between Yoda and Dooku, as well yeah. as Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yes. You've got the land battle between the clones and the droid army. You, you don't get the space battle, but what you do get is you get the Jedi in the middle of the um, oh, really? Colosseum bit and fighting everyone else. Yeah, right. So you get elements of this repetitive circular motion yeah. of what Star Wars does. Have exactly. we had that in any of the yeah. new films? Have we had that? Yes, yeah, in The Last Jedi. You've, you've got, you know, Holdo, mm -hmm. and that's happening at the same time as Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's happening at the same time as, you I know, the you have it in are going off, and, and, you know, um, not Starkiller, it's not gone anymore, but they're shooting at you get it from the You get it from the Yeah. Yeah. Where you're on Starkiller Base, you then get the and then you get the one on one between Ray Finn and Kyla. So, again, it's how these films, the only film that I can think of where that doesn't really happen, apart from the originals, is pretty much Revenge of the Sith. Because there's just one big massive battle. Yeah. Yeah, because it comes down to two protagonists at that point. Yeah. Well, not even then, you do to a certain extent. You do get the battles everywhere. You get Yoda versus... But, but they're almost like, they've all ended by the time that battle appears. 
Because that is really the final clip. You've got Anakin, right. Anakin, Anakin, Anakin and Obi-Wan, yeah. but then you've got Yoda and Senate and, and Palpatine. Yeah. Yes, yes. As well. Yeah. But they're both on that. Yeah, they're yeah. both, yeah, very dear. Yeah. And that's a very, that's probably one of the most emotional flights. Mm. I'm looking forward to doing the 20th anniversary podcast tomorrow. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. I know it's your favourite, I'm pointing out Elliot, that it's your favourite Star Wars film. We've got to wait five years for that though, haven't we? Six. Right. <laughs> it's every three years, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. to kind of echo what Mary said earlier on, it's how they originally were released every three years. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer Phantom Menace to Revenge of the Sith. So, is, uh, yeah. all right, I'm going to ask a question I didn't intend to ask. Is that your favourite prequel movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's me without doubt, yeah. yeah. I like the way they. I like the way he became Vader. Was back. I like the way was back. But I like the whole point of the story is how he became Vader. Mm. I like the way you initially saw how the sort of manipulation was going to happen. I preferred the evolution of Palpatine actually to Anakin almost in yeah. that film. I thought that was a. Well, there's a, no real evolution what, so, of Anakin. No, Vader. not until the very he's end. He's a child. Yeah. The last two. No. I like that. I love. I mean, Revenge yeah. of the Sith is brilliant. Yeah. And the fact you first hear the, the breathing and everything, but yeah. Um, it is Phantom Menace for me. Mm. Phantom Menace was the first time that I ever went back to the cinema repeatedly to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, my favourite of the Prequel. prequels mm. probably have to be Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> Alex? <laughs> Alex? Deciding vote. Yeah, hey, well, you, you, you've got it. All right, attack and you are. <laughs> <laughs> Something so, I think we all agree is not the case. It, that is definitely not the best. It's the um, weakest of the first. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, ooh, I, I'm probably leaning towards Revenge of the Sith, I really am. Even though Darth Maul, mm-hmm. Revenge of the... Uh, Dr. Jewel of the Fates, mm-hmm. um, a brilliant Qui-Gon Jinn, the introduction of Jar Jar Binks, um, which shouldn't go without any... I, I have no issue with it. I don't mind Jar Jar. The thing for me with Jar Jar is that I watched, started to watch Star Wars, and it goes back to the point you made earlier, Mira. I watched it with my niece, mm-hmm who was like four when this film came out. Mm-hmm. And she absolutely adored Jar Jar Binks. Whether or not it was the, the, the humour, whatever it may be. And I'd, I enjoyed it with her. Mm-hmm. And then when we, I took her to the cinema to see Attack of the Clones, again, as soon as Jar Jar Binks came on the screen, she was like, oh, it's Jar Jar! And like, she, that, that was the character. That, and, and to this day, me and she, she's 22 now. Mm-hmm. You know, me, me and her still joke, and most people are really old, um, but <laughs> me and her still joke about how awesome Jar Jar Binks is. And I, I get ridiculed for saying I really like the character, but I do because of I how I it. found him and how he was and how he interacted yeah. as a character, but also how he kind of related to certain of the viewers of a certain age. I don't really like him. He is a bit annoying. But I don't. Yeah. I don't get irritated to the point. I think he's meant uh, to be annoying. C three PO is meant to be annoying. He, he's the three PO of the prequel trilogy. Because, because, yeah. Well, of, of that movie especially, because you don't really get that much three PO in that movie. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, when you look at three PO in the re- original trilogy, there was a lot of hate. No, hate's the wrong word, but there, there was a lot of issues with that particular character. It was yeah. like he was prissy. He didn't really. What was his point in the movies? We all know we love, love three people a lot more than we did, but ultimately to have conversations with him. Exactly, you know we need him to be yeah, but we need him to tell us what his beeps and boops mean. I don't think he'll be that. Exactly. <laughs> but whereas Jar Jar is the same character in three but in the prequel trilogy, and I I'm trying to relate to somebody in the sequel trilogy, but I can't at the moment. But it's the same kind of character, and there's the issues with it, and you know I'm a best blessing 
has gone through a hell of a lot. Mm. Um, he recently came out with something around him and wanted to kill himself at some point because of this. Yeah, he came to celebration this year um, and got yeah. a standing ovation by the fans, which was the best way to kind of welcome him back to the wrong world. Well, but. I mean, all the, all Hayden, you know, is yeah. blame for bad acting. I mean, he did some fabulous well. work Not in even. other movies. Yeah. You know, he's, he's young, he was not under good direction he was not I, I think diving. George Lucas to be fair George Lucas struggles directing he people he does he shouldn't have directed he just struggles directing <laughs> he's great at directing the big piece he's good yeah. at directing the overall story and where the story is going it's his vision isn't it yes. yeah. and maybe needed, he needs to be in that vision but yeah. even yeah. Natalie Portman wasn't at her best yeah. because of you know Poor the direction, direction. Yeah. I mean yeah the script was probably like but look what uh Look what Ewan McDermott did. Look what uh, Ewan McGregor brought out of this yeah, dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was believable. Yeah, it was yeah. whatever. It's because they have a natural talent. Yes. When you didn't have that natural and you're young and you have potential and it wasn't tapped in and, and, and directed yeah. right, I think that really mm. hurt. It hurted more in Attack of the Clones. Yes. Really did. Because there was so much potential there and, you mm. know, Hayden just didn't have it in him mm. innately. Yeah. to overcome that, unfortunately, because it could have been so... Which I liked his evolution in the, in the yeah. last film, mm. but still, even then, I think, yeah. Well, there's that, there's that famous quote by yes. Harrison Ford talking to George Lucas where he says, you can write it down, but you can't say it. Yeah. yeah. And some of those issues are clear when it comes to the prequel trilogy. I mean, because there are some lines in the, in the regular movies that, you know, you just take as is... It, but yeah. you had a fine it's set of people and yeah. five yeah. set of actors yeah. Who, yeah. who made it. Not as much as I hate them. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough, it's cool, it gets everywhere. <laughs> but for, I think for me, um, what, Phantom Menace is the only movie for me that has actually had an entertaining move, moment in the cinema for me. So I went to watch Phantom Menace with my now wife. Amy and myself have been together 21 years this year. So it would have been not long after we got together. Um, yeah. And I took her, you've got to see this amazing movie, trying to brainwash her the same as I've succeeded with my children. 21 <laughs> years later, has it worked? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> however. I asked like, because this is only Catherine Bunny. Yeah. <clears throat> however, so my, my wife, she, she doesn't enjoy going to the cinema generally. We don't go very often. We never have done. It's the odd movie that we've, we've been to see. Some movies we've really enjoyed because it's, it's resonated with both of us, but for the most part, we don't go to the cinema together, even today. I've been to the cinema more with my children than I've ever been with my wife. But I think that basically sums up our choice of movies. Um, but so, we, so what we tended to do when we used to go to cinemas, Amy would load up on food to eat and... <laughs> take warm, comfy clothing and look to scoff the food and then fall asleep. So, and that was, that was what she did. That's what she did. She's going to the cinema because I want to go to the cinema. We were, we were in that young love piece of, yes, okay, let's go to the cinema together. Oh God, here we go again. So she fell asleep. Before the movie even began, <laughs> yes, wow. she fell asleep in wow. she fell asleep During in the trailers. trailers. Wow. She'd scoffed the food that she could eat, and she curled up. It was quite warm in the cinema, and fell asleep. So, the reason that this was entertaining was because at one time, and 
I'm hoping that this comes back now that Fox has been acquired by Disney. At the beginning of every Star Wars movie, and for me, what makes the beginning of a Star Wars movie is the 20th Century Fox fanfare. So, picture this. My wife sat to my left. Fast asleep. I'm, I'm acting this out for people listening here. I'm sitting on Dave's left, so I'm very part of Amy for that. So, you're <laughs> fast asleep. So, she, she's there, fast asleep. And all of a sudden, you get... She jumps up, screams. I react, lean backwards to say, what the is happening? The guy on the other side of her jumps up thinking, what the? It starts a Mexican wave across our entire row on the cinema. The guys behind us then jump up. My wife starting a Mexican wave in the opening crawl. In fact, before the opening crawl, during the 20th Century Fox opening of Phantom Menace. And for that reason, I think this movie is my favourite movie. <laughs> <laughs> Can't compete with that. <laughs> and on that bombshell, um, <laughs> no, it, it, we are getting to the point of two hours. No, has it been that long? Yeah. Um, wow. Wow-ish. Just under. Um, but I think... Time fly. It does. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, and it is the first time we've collectively been together. Not just around the microphone, but in the same country. Uh, and I think this is a good time for us to jump into our final thoughts with awesome discussion. Looking forward to getting back on the mic again to discuss some of the other news that's come out over the past few days, uh, in a few days' time. But nevertheless, I'm going to look around the table and ask you guys to give us your final thoughts. A, on just being here collectively as a, as a, as a team, and then also on the Phantom Menace. Dave. It's, it is just great to be here mm-hmm. as part of a team. We are a team. And... We've now been doing the podcasts for just over 12 months. It's probably, it's probably close to 18. We started in December, didn't we? December yeah, 2017. December, yeah. yeah, that's when the uh, Twitter page went live. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we've been doing this for almost 18 months. And over that time, we've we've grown to become a family. And it's it's nice that we're all in the same room. It's fantastic. It's well, when you think we were, to we, me and you were the only followers of our Twitter feed at one point. <laughs> 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 Thanks to Mr. Contrary himself, we're now up to about two and a half thousand, almost three thousand. Yeah, I think it might actually be more than my personal Twitter feed. It's not. It's not far. Just off. behind. No. <sighs> Sometimes I like to look at your followers and follow them just to. Never admitted that before. Well, it is too now. Not Alex's. Sorry, Sorry Andy. I'm not to do a final. I'm not. I'm not very active on Twitter. You can probably, you can probably notice. Um, so, so that's that's just from a from a from the team perspective. It's just fantastic that we're all here, we're all sat around two speakers, reminiscing, having a great time. It's just nice. I just wish we could do more often. Mm-hmm. That, that that I think that's that's my one takeaway. There you go. Moved to London. <laughs> okay. London. Well, we've moved to America. Birmingham. Yeah, there you go. Birmingham. So at least she's in the middle. Really. She'd raise. Would, would you? Would you? Would you want to put Mary Bowen in that? She'd raise. Here the, we go. <laughs> just, just living there, she'd raise the house prices. The caliber would shoot through the roof. It would. Um, it would. Sure, after some of the honest, though. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, Andy, final thoughts, mate. Well, I was going to say I really enjoyed this, but actually, <laughs> <laughs> you've just you've just ruined it. No, it's been great. It's been great to sit around the table with everyone. We we talk frequently, not frequently enough actually. I mean, I I really struggle to join to be fair sometimes. 
Um, I'm too busy smashing my house to pieces. It's your first one of 2019, mate. It's uh, February, no, I was on one in February. okay. Yeah, but it feels, I mean, it feels like it. I don't go out as often as I should, but it, I love it. It's great to have a, an open discussion. We'll have a laugh. We all, you know, we've grown to be more than just a podcast. We're a bunch of friends now, and it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, a great discussion today. I really enjoy it. It's one of my favourite of the Star Wars films, so it's been lovely to talk about it. I mean, from a technical standpoint, it's clear we work better over the phone. I think we can all agree that. <laughs> oh, no, the audio quality is not as good. No, I, I, we don't get we don't get sound effects. I don't mean that at all. It's also fun until you start laughing. Yeah, it's true. And yeah, then I that, that... Like, mate, the spikes that I get when you start laughing. <laughs> well, you, well, you can sort that out. <laughs> not my job this time. No, no. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know... It's interesting. I've not really thought about this before, but when um, we've done podcasts before, and Mary and Dave have so spoke about um, the importance of Star Wars. Let's not call it New Hope. Let's call it Star Wars because it was Star Wars back then. To their childhood, I don't know if you've thought about this during this podcast, Andy, but I've suddenly realised that Phantom Menace is one of my big yeah, 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 moments yeah, yeah. in my perhaps not childhood but adolescent stroke childhood I agree it was a turning point and That's it's one of those and it's, yeah and it's yeah. one of those films that you know you still go back and, and watch because it's still good and it's still yeah. relevant and it's and it's it's one of those things isn't it you have yeah. like markers in your life in terms of cinema it's or music happening. yeah and, and this is one of mine and, and it, just, just being around this table and really fleshing it out a bit has really brought that home to me I'd agree with that I'd agree with that definitely takes you right back and, and there's a time there was there was me before I saw The Phantom Menace and almost me after that's, I mean that sounds like I'm exaggerating a bit but no, it, it, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a significant point of, of my like my movie and cinema going life mm-hmm. if that's the word yeah, yeah. yeah makes sense yeah and your thoughts of us together oh I thought I'd make that clear uh, yeah it's great <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, it is that way. It it was that way for me. It was yeah. definitely my life before Star Wars, my life after mm. Star Wars. So it's it's not unusual to feel that way. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah, it's it's great that you do feel like that because it's you know, it it has added so much to my life personally, as I've told you guys before, but being here has um, I don't know. It is such a I don't even know if I can describe it. I mean, I'm looking at each face for... <laughs> With horror! Absolutely! Maybe we need to do this over a distance. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, think, I think the word is we have uh, faces for radio. <laughs> but the voices or podcasts. The faces and the, you know, the, you see the expressions of, you know, and Ali's giggles and, and the way his eyes close when he laughs. You know, and just <laughs> and, <laughs> and Dave's guffaw and it's just got that in my eyes. I'm like, man. And, <laughs> you know, and, and Alex over here with his cap on backwards of of what uh, of Star Wars, uh, you know, you of course, like, of course. Uh, and we're all wearing uh, Star Wars T-shirts except Ali, who has oh, Patriots, well. which I accept because you know I'm Boston. Did anyway. you do that to make Mara Finn? Yeah, <laughs> I love that. But I should have worn Yankees hat, but anyway. It's kind of a, it's, you know, I can't say it's, it's kind of emotional. It's very touching and it's very wonderful to actually be sitting here and have this opportunity to be in London with these wonderful um, men and talking about what we love and uh, 
again, accepting a girl into the fold. It's just that I don't feel separate. I don't, I've never you're, felt that way. You were fine. Um, so and you yeah. let me geek out a hundred percent and I'm very comfortable with that. So I can, it's, it's, uh, I'm in podcast heaven. <laughs> it's Excellent. quite cool to film this in the home of Star Wars, of course. It's well, London. London is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think for me, final thoughts are, yeah, it's a lot easier to manage the conversation when we're all in the same room mm. because it's easier to. Um, <laughs> we can't manage the uh, the sound effects, mind you. But uh, nevertheless, no, it's been it's been good to get everybody around the table for the one time. I'm hoping we do it again at some point. Yeah. Um, celebration next year. No pressure, Mayor. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I was thinking we do a road trip to celebration next year. Oh, well, you know, um, I'm up for that. You know, so it is in California. This is, um, but. Um, Final thoughts for me on The Phantom Menace are, yeah, yeah brilliant film. I, I, it's not my favourite prequel film, but it's definitely a great Star Wars. It's a Star Wars film, right? So it's got to be good-ish. Ish. Um, and I think what... <laughs> Sorry. In unison. Brilliant. Um, in the thing that this film brings to me is, is not just my favourite character, but it's also my favourite piece of music across the whole saga. So it brings a lot for me. Um, and it's been great kind of talking about it with you guys uh, we don't often get to geek out like this at all so I for one I'm kind of grateful to get everybody around the table talking about a really good film and what an opportunity you know it's not often we get a 20th anniversary of a film I think mm. the next one's in three years for Attack of the Clones which I don't think will probably last this long um, but nevertheless <clears throat> it's been great and don't forget guys we are the Jedi Council we are at www the hyphen jedi hyphen council.com we are on twitter we are at the jedi hyphen council uh, underscore council even uh at facebook we are tjc the jedi council looking yeah. at andy for that yeah yeah, right. yeah. uh we are on it's good instagram. to see you researched all that first i should i should know this yeah. off the back of my hand really um instagram we are at the jedi underscore council underscore tjc we can you can find our podcast on soundcloud itunes player.fm spotify Podbean and quite a lot of other different uh, podcast homes that you might or might not have um, and don't forget to get involved with us what is your favourite scene from Phantom Menace what's your favourite character from the Phantom Menace Ooh. give us a shout at mention us on Twitter uh, you know we like to get involved with you guys and hopefully we interact with you as much as possible as we can and remember may, may the, the force be with you, with you. <laughs>